Hey everybody, this is Pastor Scott Frazier and I wanted to thank you in advance for taking the time to listen to this message. I pray that it encourages your heart, empowers your mind, and establishes your walk with God, enabling you to be the very best He created you to be. At the end of the message, I'll be telling you how you can connect with us and help us preach this gospel in all the world, all right? Now, take both ears, lean in, and let's go into the service. Hey guys, this is Pastor Scott, and I wanted to try something a little different with this podcast, if that's okay. Uh, first, let me just say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Your love, your encouragement, your prayerful support, your financial support, all of those things, uh, it means more to us than, than you'll ever know. And, and we really, really do appreciate and we value uh, the fact that you're choosing to invest your time. And we pray that it's a blessing to you. We really do. Uh, this past Sunday, this past weekend, I preached something that I felt was so strong that I wanted to, I wanted to just share my heart with you. More of a, more of a one-on-one kind of a thing. Uh, as close as I can, uh, as close as I could, face to face, and it, it it wasn't that you know it wasn't that I didn't preach it well or or anything like that. As a matter of fact, the service was great and the energy was high. Uh, there was an electricity in the atmosphere, and all those things are are great, and we we strive for that at uh, New Covenant Christian Church here in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Uh, we really do. We, we strive for those kinds of services because, you know, if it offers encouragement and, and inspiration, uh, hopefully there's something that will enable, you know, the listener, enable the member to take something with them throughout the week, you know. So it wasn't that the service uh, was off or that I didn't communicate my thought. It was just when you have those kinds of services and the volume is is strong and the energy is you know high off the charts sometimes the message i don't want to say can get lost but sometimes the message is minimized because the excitement and the energy is so high and i didn't want this message to get lost in any way so I thought, you know, rather than just, you know, taking you into that service, I just wanted to bring the meat of that service uh, to each and every one of us. And hopefully this is something that you can use as a reference point, something that you can go back to and, and you know, glean things and, and extract uh, different truths on different days that will have different impact. I really believe that. I believe that God's words that way. We can go to the sometimes the same passages of Scripture, but we can see something new in it because we ourselves are being renewed every day. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I believe that to be true. So I wanted to just take a few moments and share these thoughts with you. I was ministering from a passage of Scripture uh, that's in John chapter 5, the Gospel of John chapter 5. And rather than reading it, I'll just trust you to uh, perhaps in your private time and your devotion time, you can go and you can read this for yourself. Uh, it's a real familiar uh, story, 
And there's so much in that story to unpack that it, sometimes it's hard to stay uh, focused on the one thing that you're going for because there's so many good things available. Uh, it's almost like going to a buffet, you know. There's one or two things that you really like, but man, some of that other stuff just looks so good. It's hard to say no to that in order to, you know, say yes to the thing that you're really after. So let me just sort of paraphrase that story, okay? And I'm not going to damage the scripture in any way. Like I said, you can go read it for yourself. But the story centers around a pool, a pool that was in a place called Bethesda. And this particular pool was a place where the impotent people would come. They would be carried there, and they would, actually it was their sort of hangout. The Bible says that those that were blind, those that were lame, those that were withered, they would be carried there. And at certain seasons, an angel from the Lord would come and stir those waters. And whoever got into those stirred waters first, the Bible says they were made, uh, they were made whole. They were healed. So one day Jesus is coming to this place and he notices a man. The Bible says this man doesn't give his name, but it says that this man was there and Jesus knew that he had been there in this condition for 38 years. Bible says that he, Jesus saw him lie there. So he knew his position, but he also knew he had been there for 38 years. He knew that this was not a brand new condition. And Jesus asked this man a question that I got to be honest with you at face value. The question almost seems, uh, it seems a little insensitive because Jesus asks this man, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be well? Somebody that's been in that situation for 38 years, for you to ask them, do you want to be made whole? You know, that. I don't, I don't know if anybody else ever read it that way before, but I don't know. It almost looked, it, it, it looked dismissive. There was something about it that didn't have a whole lot of compassion attached to it at face value, at face value. Jesus says, I know you've been here, and I know you've been here in this state of being for a long time. Have you ever met people that have a certain issue or a certain problem, maybe a certain hang up, and you know that they have been that way for a long time? Yeah almost makes you want to step back and ask them, uh, hey, 
Are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? You say, Pastor Scott, what do you mean by that? Um, I'm going to use an illustration that I may not use in church, but since it's just us, (laughs) I'm going to use it, okay? All right. If I walk outside and I see someone standing in the road or perhaps on a sidewalk, and I see them walking a dog, and the dog stops. And please bear with me, okay? (laughs) If the dog starts urinating, I'll say that word. If the dog starts urinating on this person's leg, you know, that it's kind of a shocker, you know. Um, and I would probably laugh. I would probably look. And, and if it were my dog, I got to be honest with you, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I would, you know, I'd probably kick the dog. Like, what are you doing? Um, so let's just say that you see someone in that um, position, okay? Now, Perhaps you go inside, uh, you maybe are tending to business inside, you got some things to do, and for whatever reason, you need to go back outside. 30 minutes have passed, okay? 30 minutes have passed, you walk outside, and the dog is still urinating <laughs> on this person's leg. The first time it happens, I look at the dog. After 30 minutes, I'm now looking at the person. And my question is probably going to sound a little different. It might sound like this. Uh, are you okay with that? Are you, are you okay with that? People tell me of family issues that, that they have and... You know, sometimes people will come for counseling and they'll say, you know, I've been dealing with this and this. And, and you know, I, I never want to be uh, insensitive or removed from people's situations because, you know, learning how to navigate relationships is one of the greatest skills to master. And it's one of the hardest things in life to do. It really is. But I always get concerned when someone tells me of a situation, whether it's uh, it might be a verbal abusive situation, it might be a physical abusive situation, it might be mismanagement of finances, whatever the case may be. But but my concern level goes up when they say, yeah, and it's been going on for 20 years. It's been going on for 30 years. In this man's, it's been going on for 38 years. After a while, you you almost want to direct your question because now you're not just concerned about what's happening, but now you're beginning to wonder: Are you okay with what's happening? Because it doesn't look like you're wanting to make the necessary changes or adjustments. I get it. I get it. If that's a temporary condition. But to let that temporary condition 
become your permanent position, now I'm beginning to wonder what is it that you want. Now the question Jesus asks makes a little more sense. Hey, are you okay with this? Are you willing to be made whole? Do you want to get better? Now, sometimes it takes courage. Uh, guys, it takes courage to be willing to even ask those kinds of questions because you've got to be ready for the answers. You've got to be ready for the answers. Because if you read the story, you'll see that when Jesus asks this man the question, this man immediately goes into what I want to call excuse mode. Okay? He immediately goes into excuse mode. He says, well, I ain't got nobody to help me. Um, and when I do try or when I did try to get into the water, uh, somebody always beat me to it. He had mastered his excuses. He had mastered his excuses. Guys, I can remember times in my life, some of the greatest learning experiences that I've ever had were those moments when I had to decide. Am I going to defend and protect my excuses? Or am I going to pursue that which can be better? I, now, listen, I'm not talking about, you know, when life hands you bad breaks, uh, hard luck. I'm not, talk, I, I'm, I'm not talking about that, okay? Because things happen that are beyond our control and, you know, part of, part of a successful life is learning how to navigate those times when it's not really a happy life, you know? Uh, you've got you've to learn how to learn from it. But in this situation, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting to a place where you have more invested in your reasons why you can't rather than having an investment in why you can and how you can. The church... As great as it is, and, and I listen, I am pro-church. I am pro-church. People say, well, I don't go to church because I've been hurt by church. Listen, I get it. Sometimes the worst hurt you can experience is church hurt because church hurt hits in a way that other kind of hurt doesn't because, you know, in a church setting, we're supposed to have our guard down, you know. So I get it that church hurt can be real. But to just simply not go because you've been hurt once, um, 
you know, that's that's sort of like somebody saying, well, you know, I don't go to the bank anymore. Why? Well, because, you know, a teller was rude to me one time. Uh, you know, have you ever been hurt or offended uh, at the grocery store? Yeah. Well, do you still go? Well, yeah. Why? Because you've discovered that what you can get from it is worth what you've got to go through to get to it. What I can get from it is worth whatever I've got to go through to get to it. Jesus asks this man a question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you really want this? The man protecting his excuses and having protected them so long, he has now perfected his excuses. He knew immediately what to say. But I love the fact that Jesus is willing to wade through the waters of our excuse to get to who we really are. I am so thankful that he loves me enough that he puts up with my stuff. He sees something in me that was worth the trouble in order to get to me. Isn't that awesome? The fact that not only is Christ smart enough to teach me, but he loves me enough to reach me. I want to be like that. You know, the old commercial, I want to be like Mike. Hey, I want to be like Christ in everything I do. Are you there yet? No, 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 I'm not even, I'm not close to being what I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. And I'm choosing to let go of certain things as I pursue him. I'm choosing to let go of my excuses. I want you to make a choice from this day forward to not let your excuses determine your health, determine your progress. Everybody's got reasons why we, quote unquote, can't. Everybody's got reasons why. But I want you to find that one reason why you can. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Now, as I make that determination, as I come to that place where I'm choosing life, choosing health, choosing betterment, I'm learning to be more accurate with everything around me. And that's what I want to challenge you with. I'm learning to be more accurate with my time. 
it it maybe it's because I I'm getting older. That that could be it. You know, something about when you get into your fifties and you start noticing that you got more years in your rearview mirror than you do in your windshield. You know, and I, and I and I'm not being morbid. I'm not I'm not being. You know, this isn't defeatism. I, I think this is just a reality check. And so when you start getting my age, when you get 55, you start getting 60 years old, you start, you start realizing how valuable and precious time is. This man had been this way, in this place, in this condition, maintaining that position for 38 years. After a while... There's got to be something inside of you that says, you know, I was created for more than this. Beloved, you were created for more than just taking up space. You were created for a purpose. You were created on purpose. You were created with purpose. And that's why it is incumbent upon every one of us to be purposeful with our time. Look, I, I know what I'm talking about, guys. I really do. When yesterday seems like years ago and years ago seems like yesterday, uh, you start treating time as the valuable commodity that it is. I don't want to spend the next 38 years in the same condition or the same position. You you start wanting to be accurate with your decisions, with the choices you make. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are the sum total of our choices. Now again, I'm taking into consideration bad breaks. I'm taking into consideration things that happened, you know, that you did not choose and things that were, hap- you know, things that happened to you. I, I get that. I get that there were things and there were, uh, you know, misfortune that was out of our control. But for the most part, for the most part, my choices, my decisions They have more to do with my progress than I've ever thought they did. I heard one man say this, and and I, I thought it was incredible. They made the statement, we cannot change our future. What we can change is our habits today. We can change the choices we make today. And if I can change my habits, my habits can change my future. Did you get that? If I can change my habits today, that's going to impact my future because that's going to determine the trajectory that I'm on. I'll know what you want to have tomorrow 
by the things that you protect today. And if you're spending time protecting excuses, then that's what you're going to have. If I'm spending my time protecting and perfecting excuses, then that's what my future is going to look like. It's going to look like a life of what ifs, if onlys, got a bad break, someone beat me to it. I had nobody to help me. Hmm. I I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I was born the wrong gender. You know, and as James Brown said, it's a man's world. Well, there are people that feel like they'll never be anything because of how they were born. I was born the wrong skin color. I was born into the wrong family. I was born whatever, whatever it might be, whatever it might be. You don't have a whole lot to say about that. But you have more to say about the choices you make, about the decisions you make. My choices today will determine my outcome tomorrow. I use this example Uh, Oftentimes, I can buy a membership at the gym. I can go to the gym. I can drive there. I can park there. I can buy the right tennis shoes. I can wear, you know, the right apparel. I can go into the workout room. But if I don't invest my activity, if I don't buy into what those weights can do for me, I'll never get anything out of it. Oh yeah, I can pay the membership. I can go. But until I make the investment to go all in, it's not going to look like I even went to the gym. I could have gone to the gym for 38 years. But if I never swim a lap, if I never lift a weight, if I never get on the treadmill, then what good is the pool, the free weights? What good is the equipment doing me? What is it doing for me if I haven't allowed it to work for me? (laughs) this is where normally in a church service I would probably get a lot of amen yeah I would I I would I would love to you know let you have heard the excitement you know when I was preaching this but I didn't just want to preach to you I wanted to teach I wanted to reach I want you to be able to get this and 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 let it get you how are you spending your time how are you how are you making and determining your decisions your choices who are you spending your time with i want to be accurate with people in my life 
the older I get, the pickier I get. And it, it doesn't mean that I don't love folk. I, I have a capacity to love people today that I've never had before. You know, I, I, I grew up, I guess, sort of guarded and, you know, suspicious, I guess. And, you know, always thinking somebody had an angle and, you know, you go into self-preservation. You don't really reach out a whole lot because you feel the need to, you know, protect your feelings and, you know, guard yourself. And, and you know, that's good. That's good. Don't ever lose that. But lately, I feel like God's given me a capacity to to love people in a way that I've never been able to love before. Probably because I learned how to love myself in a way that I've never learned how to love myself before. You know, I I have accepted who I am and and I've accepted the fact I have accepted that for whatever reason, I am accepted. The Apostle Paul says that we have been accepted in the beloved. Do I always act acceptable? No, but I am accepted. And there's a great freedom that comes when you know that you've been accepted by him. Because if he, the one who knows me best, and yet he loves me most, if he can accept me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great days, the not so good. If he can accept me, I'm learning how to accept me. And, oh, man, that, that, that's awesome. When you, when you learn how to accept who you are and how you are, gives you great grace to accept other people and to, and to love other people. Yet it seems to be almost a paradox because I love people more than I've ever loved them. But I've had to learn just because you love everybody doesn't mean you have to give everybody equal access. You have to be accurate with the ones that, that you give access to. I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that... I need people around me. Um, maybe this is a weakness or a limitation, whatever it is. I, I have come to, you know, realize I need people around me um, that speak uh, more about my potential than they do my problems. Because uh, I have so many problems. I, I need to be around people that recognize the better me the good me. That's the me that they speak to. That's the me they speak to. And, and, and I need that. I need that. I don't need to be surrounded by people that are always pointing out my faults. And, you know, one of the characteristics that the Word of God gives us, one of the characteristics of, the, uh, of, of Satan, he is called the accuser of the brethren. I don't need to be around a bunch of accusers, finger pointers. Um, I do enough of that myself. You know, I, I usually don't need a whole lot of folk to beat up on me. I usually beat up on myself. But I do need to be around people that are persuaded of better things concerning me. You know, they speak into my potential. They don't just speak into my problems. 
They speak into my ability to overcome. They don't just speak into my willingness to stay offended. You know, it's good to have people in your life every now and then that'll tell you, hey, it's okay. You've got every right to be hurt. You've got every right to be upset. You know, thank you. I appreciate that compassion, you know. But every now and then I need I need folks in my life. I, uh, one of the things, you know, about my earthly father, um, Dr. Roy Frazier, one of the things about my earthly father that is so consistent with my heavenly father is that he loves me where I am, but he always calls me higher. He always calls me higher. And I believe it's important to be accurate in discerning those kinds of people. I can love people and I can love folks from a distance. But the ones that I give access to, I hope you hear what I'm saying. The ones that I give access to, those are the ones that I have to know not just they can be loved, but they can be trusted. They can be trusted. I have to be accurate with my expectations. I have to be accurate with my time, with my decisions, with people, with my expectations. Pastor Scott, why are you saying this? Because if you're not careful, if you're not accurate with those things, I want to tell you something 38 years can pass a lot faster than you realize. One of my favorite movies is a movie with um, Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson. It's called The Bucket List. And, you know, they were talking about how fast time, you know, goes. And uh, I think it was Jack Nicholson that said, like smoke through a keyhole. <laughs> Boy, it's a vapor. It's a vapor. This man had been this way for 38 years. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you spending another day in a situation where God has called you and asked you, hey, you want to get right? You want to be made whole? You want another option? You want another way? Now, let me close with this thought. This story tells us that every now and then, an angel would come down. Remember those words. An angel would come down and stir the waters. And whoever got into the waters first, they were healed. Isn't it funny how oftentimes we live our lives still waiting for God to come down and help us. Come down and Send a miracle. Come down and bless us. Lord, come down and make it right. 
Why are you saying that? Because when this man had finished laying out his excuses, the Bible says Jesus looked at this man and said, Get up. Huh. Get up. Oh, but God, we're waiting for you to come down. No, you get up. God, make everything right and I'll get up. No, you get up and watch me make things right. There's a scripture in the book of Isaiah that says this, Arise and shine, for thy light is come. Arise and shine, for thy light is come. I remember my dad teaching a message and years ago, and he was talking about that. He used that verse as his subject, arise and shine. And one of the points that he made that it still resonates within in my heart years later, the Bible says, arise and shine. Our thought is this, Lord, when we shine, we'll arise. God, you fix it and we'll go forward. What if God's saying, hey, you go forward and I'll fix it? Hmm. I'm not shining. Have you risen? I'm not changing. Have you started? I don't have any muscles and I I bought a membership at the gym. Have you put some weights on the bar? Have you gotten on the treadmill? Are you waiting for him to come down and fix it? Or is he saying, get up, get up. Oh, what's going to happen? Well, I, I, I think I have enough biblical precedent to show you that if you get up, he will meet you at your place of expectation. But here's the bigger statement. You ask me, well, what's going to happen if I get, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what it might look like, but I can tell you what it's going to look like if you don't get up. Because I got 38 years of pattern to prove it. <laughs> oh, God, what if this doesn't work? Well, if this doesn't work, then you're right back where you were, and you've been doing that. You've mastered that. You've perfected that. You've already got your excuses. You've got your excuses named and memorized. But what if there's more? 
Jesus said to this man, get up, take up your bed and walk. You want to grow up? Get up. For those of you who do work out, (laughs) you want to bow up? Get up. I pray in Jesus' name that something was said that will not just, you know, energize you, excite you, but I pray that something was said that would motivate you. Because don't ever forget this. Change, change doesn't come by desire. Most everybody you know wants change in an area. You ask 99 people out of 100, you want to see change in certain areas? Yeah. Change doesn't come by desire. Change comes by determination. The prodigal son was he was in a place of of discouragement and depression. What happened? He left his father's house, he took his inheritance, he wasted it, spent it, and now the Bible says he was spending time in a another man's country, joining himself to another citizen, feeding the swine. And he came to himself. He had an awakening. He had a realization. And the realization he had was this. The servants in my father's house have it better than I do now. And I love what he said. He said, I will arise and go back to my father's house. I will arise. 38 years is long enough to be in this condition, maintaining this position. I pray in Jesus' name that you hear the Father Himself asking you, Hey, you want to be made whole? You want to get well? You want to see some results? Don't, don't give Him excuses. Just do what He says. Get up. Arise. Beloved, I know if you give him all, you give him all you got, he'll give you all he has. I know it's not a fair trade. I know it. Bible says that we give him ashes. He gives us beauty. We come with a spirit of heaviness. He gives us a garment of praise. We come to him with sadness and he gives to us the oil of joy. Pastor Scott, what do I need to do? Just get up. Just get up and go for it.
Don't wait till New Year's Day to make a New Year's resolution. Before January even gets here, make a determination in your heart. It's not only going to be a new year. Let it be a new you. Wilt thou be made whole? Our answer is yes. Give him your yes today and watch it turn for your good. Well, I sincerely hope you were blessed by the word today. And I pray something, something that was said would challenge you and give you the courage to reach for the change you desire. Guys, we really do want to connect, okay? So I want you to go and follow us on Facebook, New Covenant Christian Church in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. You can follow me on Facebook, Pastor Scott Frazier. You can check us out on YouTube, NC3 Wilkesboro. And I want you to go to our website, okay? nc3wilkesboro.com. That's nc3wilkesboro.com. And there you can get messages like these and others and sort of keep up with what we're doing. And if the Lord lays it upon your heart, you can download the giving app and you can sow a seed. You can make an investment into our ministry because we know we can't do it without friends and partners like you. We thank you so, so much. And now I want to pray in Jesus' name that heaven's blessings be upon you. I pray that your best day is in front of you. And I pray the presence and the power of God always be with you. Don't ever forget the one that knows you best loves you most. See you next time.